Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Think impossible. Experience the impossible. Ephesians 3, 20-21 say, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. A second text, Luke 1 verse 37. For with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible. We've seen some impossible things. Before something is invented, it is conceived, and I am sure that the one who verbalizes the idea would hear, that is impossible. Well, imagine in 1900 telling someone that one day people will sit in an iron bird. Ridiculous. Impossible. Well, three years later, the Wright brothers successfully made the first aircraft. The era of aviation was born. Can you think of a word without planes? Hmm. Well, we took it further, much further, so that 66 years later, not only were, were there planes, but we had gone beyond impossible. And for the first time, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin, humans, walked on the moon. Impossible. Possible. This entity that is more than 235,000 miles away from Earth was invaded by mankind thousands and thousands of years after it was created. We now hear talk coming out of impossible minds that humans are targeting Mars. Mars is 228 million miles away from Earth. I say, stick around and see. And that is just some of the impossible things that man has overcome. Man was created by God, which suggests that if man can do what previously was considered impossible, then what can the person who created man do? The first text invites us to consider a God who can do things that blow our minds. And when we have come to terms with those things, that we should give him maximum praise. That makes sense, right? The Wright brothers were celebrated for years and years, and now most kids don't even know their names because to them, we have always had aircraft. Today we celebrate people who do unimaginable things because we're proud of them. We are in awe of their prowess, their intellect, their skills. So the text makes sense, right? I find that the thought of what God can do, that he can do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or think, is crazy. The writer is doing two things. First, he's writing about God. But in this instance, he is telling us of a God who is so powerful that he can exceed our imagination in what he is capable of doing. It almost seems irreverent to use the words God and capable in the same sentence because this writer wants us to think of God as being capable of going beyond what we think is capable. And all of this is based on God's power. Power allows you to do powerful things, to do things that will surprise some people and more power makes you do even more outrageous things that will cause people to be more in awe of what your power can do. God has all power. I mean that God is power. The creation story is the mother of all impossible stories. For six days God spoke. Friends, we see it in the beginning chapter of the Bible. We see where God had created the heaven and the earth. You cannot imagine no earth, right? 
Then God thought of filling the earth with things, and so he spoke, let there be light. And just like that, the impossible happened. Light appeared. God was on a roll for the next several days. He kept on saying, let there be. And there was moon, stars, oceans, birds, fish, trees, animals. Impossible. But every detail of it is true. If we were there, we would faint every time God spoke at the sight of things that appeared. But let us go to the second text and the story behind these words. Mary a virgin teen in Nazareth had just heard the most incredible story that she was going to get pregnant, but not through the age-old method. This pregnancy would not involve a man. It was God doing something strange. The delightful thing is that Mary accepted it without asking a million questions. She simply accepted the message, and before long, Mary, who did not have sex with anyone, was pregnant. This Mary realized that something that day would happen. She knew basic biology. Mary knew where babies came from and how babies are made. For her, the miracle is not in the baby. The impossible was how she would get pregnant without Joseph and her participating in the only act that produces babies. Once she heard the full message, she accepted it without having any history of people having babies outside of having sex. But this young lady believed the impossible. She believed God. God is right there with you and he's inviting you to think and say something that seems impossible. You want to get healed from a terminal sickness, something that modern medicine cannot fix? The Bible says that God can do the impossible. He can heal you. You are in need of something vital, like so much money to buy or pay for something that costs more than your earnings or savings can afford. It looks impossible right now, but God is saying to you that with him, it is not impossible. He is capable and willing, according to his power, to do the impossible. Mary did not try to show off her knowledge of how babies are made. She simply asked, given what she knows, help me to understand how this is going to happen outside of sex. The angel told her how, and it did not make sense to Mary, but she accepted it. She bought into the reality that with God, nothing is impossible. The text before us speaks eloquently of the Christmas story. When you sing songs and exchange gifts and get together with family and friends this Christmas, know this and know it well. The heart of the season is God doing the impossible. God sent his divine son to become a human being. That is impossible. A young girl heard a message from an angel, not a human, who told her a message of impossibility. She believed it and it happened just like that. I want you to stop and think. What big thing do you want from God? I mean really big. Well, read the first text, followed by the second text. Now, put your mind to work, stretch your imagination. And I tell you, with God, nothing is impossible. <laughs>